Hello, it's me, the ukulele teacher, aka John Atkins, and welcome back to my new podcast, Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast. Firstly, I want to thank you all so much for checking out episode one last week. It's so great that so many of you enjoyed it, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, go and download it now. It was a great interview with James Hill, who was very, very generous with his time, as we spoke all about his new ukulele project, UKEDS. Well, anyway, since we recorded that interview, James has been very generous in another way, actually allowing me to join his UKEDS community, and I've spent the last couple of weeks chatting with some of those people, and really just getting involved in that amazing project. In fact, I am officially UKEDS number 909, 909, which is a bizarre little monobrowed critter of a ukulele with a somewhat demonic countenance, yet a little contrasting halo hovering above his head, the sort of good, bad, yin-yang. Very excited to be a part of this project, as it means I can now attend rehearsals and even submit tracks of me playing the ukulele to be included on James's new album. Uh, I've already been very warmly welcomed into their Slack community and chatted with a few fellow UKEDs on there, but if you're one of those UKEDs and you're listening now, then please drop me a message to say hi, as I'm really enjoying uh, really enjoying being a part of all the great stuff that's going on in the UKED community. But this week's episode is very different from last week's. Uh, if this was a 1980s sitcom, it would be subtitled A Very Special Episode, as today we're talking to Marlon Rodriguez-Wolf from the Ukulele Kids Club Charity. If you remember in the teaser episodes of this podcast, I said that I would be speaking to some of the top ukulele players and personalities in the ukulele world. Well, today's guest is perhaps one of the great unsung heroes of the community. Her name is Marlon Rodriguez-Wolf, and she's the CEO of the Ukulele Kids Club, which is an amazing charity that provides music and music therapy to sick children all over the world. I actually spoke with Marlon back at NAM just after I'd interviewed James Hill, and she explained a bit about what this amazing charity does and why. She shared some really interesting stories with me about how the charity got set up and how we, that's all of us, you and me, can help them out. If you're listening to this episode the week of its release, then you'll know, possibly, that I'm currently actually auctioning off one of my ukuleles right now in conjunction with the UKC, and I'll be back at the end of this episode to tell you a little bit more about how that's going and how you can bid on the uke and other great ways that you can help the UKC yourself. But right now, from the Ukulele Kids Club charity, here's me talking to Marlene Rodriguez-Wolf. Hello, one, two. Oh, good, I sound good. Hello, and, uh, hello, one, yeah, two, one, two. Beautiful. Does it sound okay? Yeah, it does, yeah. All right. I'm recording already, if that's okay. Okay. So my name is Marlene Rodriguez-Wolf, and I'm the CEO of the Ukulele Kids Club. Cool. Okay, I'm here with Marlene, and we're at NAM. I'll probably cut that out. Don't need the intro. <laughs> this is going to be a more free, free-flowing chat. I haven't really got to start it yet. <laughs> um, but I'm, I was going into, like, TV mode, because, uh, you know, when you're doing like, YouTube or TV yeah, you're stuff. Yeah, like, okay, welcome. It's like, yeah, it's like, hey, I'm here today with blah, blah, blah. But this is meant to be more of a free-flowing mm. uh conversation which doesn't come super easy to me because i've been doing youtube for 10 years and yeah. not really talking to other people for a lot of that time i know right yeah anyway marlin where have you come from today firstly uh to be here so i live in mexico um i am from dominican republic and i lived many years in the united states but recently i moved down to mexico so it was actually a quick flight it was a four-hour flight yeah not bad not bad mm-hmm. at all bad where are you from originally sorry i'm from dominican republic, dominican republic so it's an island yeah, in the yeah. caribbean yeah but you said you lived in the u.s for and i live in the u.s i moved to the u.s to go to berkeley college of music in boston and i lived there for eight years and then i moved down to miami for seven years 
And so that's what, 15 years living in the US almost? Yeah. Okay, you lasted longer than I did. <laughs> I was here for about five years, I think, and mm. then we went back to England. But, yeah. yeah. Cool. So you're with the uh, Ukulele Kids Club charity. Yes. Can you just tell us about it? So the UKC, it's the abbreviation of Ukulele Kids Club, is a nonprofit that aims to support medically fragile children through donating a ukulele and music therapy. So our, our goal is really that the child learns how to use music for wellness and uses it to cope with their illness, to cope with their current situations, and that they apply the ukulele as a way to practice wellness skills. Yeah, that's a really um, scientific answer. <laughs> because what I don't think you've got across is just how much like love and heart is in that charity. Mm -hmm. um, if I could like, sort of, for me, I think it's basically people donate ukuleles and you give them to kids in hospital mm. that's the that's the short of it right well I know there's more it's, to it than it's that actually now. both so we manufacture our own ukuleles because sometimes it's hard to rely on just ukulele donations to be able to fulfill our mission so we manufacture a portion of it and then we also accept donations from brands and from people like you that donated in the past and then the idea is that we send those ukuleles to partner hospitals around the world and so it, we aim to do about 2,000 1,500 to 2,000 a year and that's, as you can imagine, just a drop in the bucket of the amount of kids that are A, hospitalized, yeah. or B, in need. Yeah. The majority of our programs are in the U.S., so we have about 285 programs around the world, and maybe 230 of them are U.S.-based hospitals. But what does that mean to a kid in hospital getting a ukulele? I mean, what, it, what does that do to a kid in hospital? You I know? mean, it, can you imagine or can you remember the first time you got your first ukulele and when you opened the box, like the emotions that you felt about it? Yeah. Now imagine that you're a child in the hospital, you're going through a diagnosis, you're not in your house, you're away from your friends, you're away from your support system. A ukulele has a completely different meaning when it comes to you in that setting. And so I was a clinical music therapist for many years, and when I would provide the kids with the ukulele, at first I wouldn't tell them that it was theirs to keep. I was just there to make music with them and teach them how to use music for wellness and for their, you know, their diagnosis. And at the end of the session, when I saw that they had taken a liking to it, I would tell them, oh, and by the way, because of the Ukulele Kids Club, this ukulele is now yours to keep. And it would be just the most unbridled emotion you can imagine. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Because it would be a bit mean to be like, well, now you're better. Let's have the ukulele back. I know, please. Yeah. I know. It's so rough. And that's our whole point. We never want the kid to worry about how am I going to pay for it? Who am I going to like call to give me lessons? The idea is that we partner with the music therapist in the hospital. The therapist provides the sessions with the instrument. And then the instrument goes home with them. Once they go home, then they can log into our programs to continue to receive support through either learning ukulele lessons or music and wellness groups through Berkeley College of Music. So what, uh, obviously you said like music therapists in the hospital and stuff, but um, is, it, is that a thing in every hospital? I've not really come across that myself, to be honest. I mean, honestly, music therapy is a very small field. And as you see at the NAM show, it's not super well represented in the US, which is one of the biggest countries that has a big music therapy presence. There's only about 10,000 music therapists working out there. And of those 10,000, about, you know, a smaller percentage are working in just pediatrics. But the main hospitals, like the top 50 hospitals in the country, will have a music therapy program. And the goal of music therapy, the field, is that there's a music therapist in every hospital where there's people getting care. In and that's the not UK, just for children, right? No, it's no. for, for okay. the lifespan, from zero to the end of life. Mm. And so that's why music therapists are so widespread, because some of them work with hospice care and at the end of life, some of them work in palliative care, some of them work in schools. The UK is very good about their music therapy as well, and we have about 10 hospitals that we support over there. But you're right, there's nearly not enough music therapists for every child that could use 
you know, an ukulele and support. Yeah. And even if there was, do people know about it, music therapy? Like, it's not something you sort of hear about too much, is it? No, and, you know, a lot of people say that that's a good thing. If you've never heard about music therapy, it means that you've never been severely ill or you've never been hospitalized or your son has never had autism. Because when you start to get into these conditions of life is when you start to learn about the different forms of therapy. Speech therapy, you know, occupational therapy, psychology, psychiatry, music and art. That's where these, these fields really come to shine. How many kids would you say you've helped so far as a charity? We've been incorporated since 2013. 2013, and we've donated over 12,000 ukuleles. 12,000, that's amazing. And how do you uh, how do you get them? You said you uh, manufacture some. We manufacture them in China, mm -hmm. and then they, they get shipped to our warehouse in the U.S., and they go to the U.S. sites. But people can also donate ukuleles. Does that happen a lot? Is that something you solicit? Well, we try to, to only accept donations from brands because at the end of the day, we want the ukuleles to be safe, to be free from harm, to be not damaged because they're going to hospitals with sick children. Right, okay. So we can't typically accept, you know, your old ukulele oh, from okay, the house okay. because it wouldn't we wouldn't be yeah. able to, you know, assure that it'd be safe. Okay, I was going to say, because so people, yeah, you don't want people to send in their old ukes or anything. However, like, yeah. the people that do send in their own ukes, we either typically auction them off and turn them into more smaller ukuleles that we pay for, or if they're really high-end quality ones, then we can consider, you know, giving it to a special child or something like yeah. that. So I said at the beginning of the show that I'm running an auction right now in conjunction with the UKC and that you guys could bid on one of my special ukuleles. So I'd like to tell you a little bit more about it. As I'm sure I've spoken about a lot on YouTube and social media, I just have way, way too many ukuleles and I'm always trying to figure out the best way to get rid of some of them. Well, Marlon mentioned that not only do they need money and brand new ukuleles at the UKC, but occasionally, they also raffle off famous ukes as a way to raise money. In the past, they've raffled ukuleles from Jason Mraz, Debbie Harry, and Jewel. And I think they've raised quite a bit of money doing that in the process. So I've been racking my brains trying to think if there's a ukulele that I've got that I could maybe donate to the cause that might raise a bit of cash for them. And uh, recently, it hit me. My famous limited edition 21 Pilots ukulele. After all, people have been asking me for years where they can get one or if I would consider selling mine. And up till now, I've always said absolutely not. But uh, I don't know if I'm just softening in my old age. But uh, anyway, I've decided to put that up for auction. I don't know if it'll help as much as Debbie Harry's ukulele did. But I want to try and help out nonetheless. So the UKC are currently auctioning off my limited edition T.O.P. ukulele. If you've been watching my videos for a while, you will know that I'm a huge fan of the band, and I'm really, really proud of that ukulele. It's genuinely a true collector's item. As far as I know, there were only 4,000 ever made, and apart from just a handful that were sold online, the only place you could ever actually get it was in person from the merch stand at the 21 Pilots Emotional Roadshow Tour uh, a few years ago. Obviously, my one has been used by me a lot, but it does have incredible sentimental value and it's been seen by literally millions of people all over the world. So it's a famous ukulele. So anyway, I've given this uke to the UKC and they've set up a page on airauctioneer.com, which is a registered charity auctioneer site for you guys to have a chance to win it. The direct link is, of course, in the show notes. 
Uh, but it's airauctioneer.com slash T-O-P. So check out the link in the description for full details of how you can place a bid on this awesome, rare, and beautiful 21 Pilots ukulele and help raise some money and ukuleles for sick children at the same time. Please check out the link, uh, bid on the ukulele, and let's raise some money for the awesome charity, the Ukulele Kids Club, so that sick children everywhere can enjoy the awesome gift of music and music therapy. So 2013, you said you started. Um, so that's nearly 10 years, right? It's going to be our 10th year next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how uh, how quickly did you grow? You know, how how did it sort of uh, expand? Like, I, I feel like you are you big now? Do you are you trying to keep growing or? Yeah, no. I think that um, 2,000 ukuleles a year, which is what we did last year. I think we did 2,100. For me, is just not enough. The amount of kids that are out there that need support that could benefit from these programs is way more, it's exponentially more. So we are trying to expand our services constantly and expand the amount of kids we see. And that happens through, as you can imagine, fundraising and soliciting donations and different campaigns. Yeah. So what's the, do you have like a sort of a five-year plan or a 10-year plan or some, some sort of idea of like a goal? Yeah, we, I mean, we, we want to have a strategic growth of at least 20% per year or 15% in terms of revenue. And then we also want to talk about the number of kids we serve. But this year, what happened is that we're serving them in a new way. So it, since 2013, we have typically just donated the ukulele, and we never really had contact with the children after they left the hospital. So what we're finding, not only as music therapists, but in the organization, is that, and you know, you need constant support and a habitual practice to be able to integrate this into your life. It can't just be one month of playing ukulele, and then that's it, I'm good yeah. for life. So because the, needs, the kids need a, con, a constant support, which is why we created our UKC at Home program. So we wanted to have the child receive the ukulele and then be able to continue their growth at home. So that is transforming the way that we help the child and that's adding a whole new set of wonderful things that we're offering the kids. Yeah. How many people are there in the UKC? Because I've only dealt with you. Is, is it like a big office or is it just sort of you? No, and, it's and really, we're very grassroots if you think about it. It's, yeah. I'm the only full-time employee and then the rest are uh, independent contractors that are part-time which are about, it's four of us on the team, and then the rest are the board of directors and volunteers. So how do you get the word out about the UKC? Social media, you know, collaborations with people like you. Word of mouth is really the way that people get to know us because it's such a, a wonderful little concept to think about, you know, changing somebody's life through music, and especially yeah. somebody who's going through serious situations in their lives. Yeah. So it is an easy mission to share, and people do share it often. Yeah, it is. Um, I heard about it from uh, Katie from One Music School. Do you, mm. you know her? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was like a couple of years ago she sort of said, she said about it, and I guess at the time she like filed it away. And then a few years later, you know, some stuff happened, and I was like, oh, I remember you guys. I'll have to get in touch. That's usually how it is, right? You kind yeah. of like you come to these shows and you make these connections, and then nothing really happens immediately. And then two years later, you're like, "Oh my God, this is perfect for that one person." Yeah, well, it's funny. Cause I was just having a chat with James Hill mm -hmm. about something sort of similar, music-wise. He was saying when he put the Billy Jean thing together, you, you've seen him play the yeah. Billy Jean, right? It, he sort of thought about it and then couldn't quite do it, and then left it for ten years, and then just one day he sort of woke up mm -hmm. and suddenly he had the whole thing in his head. But his brain, even though he hadn't been actively working on it, his brain had been kind of working away uh, inside 
figuring it out for him. And that's exactly what it is with the kids in music. Like when you first introduce them to the concept of the ukulele, they get really excited and they get really wanting to learn a lot of things. But to, to have it be a long-term practice, it does take that kind of patiently waiting for it to evolve into a skill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're here at NAM with, um, I guess for people who don't know who are listening, there's uh, a lot of like music vendors and tradespeople and there's also a lot of performers and um, social media people and stuff as well. So what are you doing here at NAM? Who are you hoping to meet or talk to? So I was telling you earlier that they just incorporated a new nonprofit focus into NAM. It's the NAM Foundation. Mm. And so they're doing a few training sessions on, you know, the the special world that is to run a music nonprofit in the United States and abroad. So there's conversations about how to raise funds, about how to develop your programs, about how to be, you know, equitable and fair and social justice oriented when you're running programs in different locations. So it's basically a training opportunity and just a way to network with all the wonderful people that have supported us throughout the years. Great. Okay, cool. And but you're also looking forward to meeting um, the people you've worked with and meeting people in real life that you haven't seen before. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. you and I, yeah. we've been communicating right, we've been through Instagram. For like a couple of years, I think. Yeah. And um, by email and Instagram, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyone else here that you wanted to say hi yeah, to? Yeah, I mean, James also donates part of his uh, Euctropolis curriculum to the kids so they can access the curriculum and the music therapist can access the curriculum for free or for a reduced cost. So I wanted to say thank you for him to all of his, for all of his support. And then the friends from Ohana. Ohana has donated to us for our past events and fundraisers. And then Enya Music also mm. donates a big uh, portion of our ukuleles from their overflow inventory. And then we're making new connections like our friends from Reverb and the Latin Grammy Foundations. And it's just, you know, a yeah. constant way of networking to see who is interested in this new concept of music for wellness. Yeah, I think it's such an inspiring um, idea, the whole idea of it. I really wish you guys so much luck in the Thank future. You. Of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I've got for questions. Is there anything else you wanted to mention that I haven't like eked out of you or anything else you wanted to say? Or? No, I think that the big takeaway is just that you know we're very familiar with music education, we're very familiar with performance, and we're comfortable in those musical environments, but there is also a huge component about how music makes us feel and how it impacts us. And so I would encourage all of us to kind of consider that as we're making music, as we're sharing music, and then look into music therapy because it's a wonderful field. Yeah, yeah. And if there's people at home who are maybe hearing about you guys for the first time, they don't, you don't want their old ukuleles, but what can they do if they want to help or support you guys? Yeah, they can always make a donation, and that's really the primary way of supporting us. Some people do volunteer to teach ukulele classes with our UKC Academy online classes. And spreading the word is just the main way. Just tell okay. people there's a nonprofit that's trying to help sick kids, and they could really use your help. And it's called? The Ukulele Kids Club. Okay, and you have a website or Instagram? The website is theukc.org, and all of the social media is at the Ukulele Kids Club. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll check that out for sure, and I'll plug that a bit more later. Marlin, thank you so much. It's been amazing to talk to you, and good luck and enjoy NAM, and best of luck with the, the charity. Keep plugging away because it's such a great cause, and thank you for letting me sort of be a part of it. Thank you, John. Yeah. It's been so nice to chat with you. Cool, you too. Okay, thank you. Oh, that's funny. Listening back how I name-dropped James Hill in this interview, too. I totally forgot about that. You would think this podcast was sponsored by him or something, but I promise you it really, really isn't. With that being said, if you would like to help keep this podcast going, I could really, really use your support. It is a free podcast, but if you do enjoy it, please tell your friends about it and get them to download it. 
as the more downloads I get, the easier it will be for me to eventually find sponsorship or get Acast to put a few ads in. Another great way that you can support it is, of course, by signing up to support me on Patreon. There's already a great bonus section from last week's interview up there with James Hill, and there's going to be plenty more exclusive content for patrons in the future too, as well as, of course, behind-the-scenes gossip and a great way to chat directly to me about each episode, including letting me know personally which guests you'd like to see in the future. So check out patreon.com slash uteacher for some excellent bonus content, or really just to throw a couple of dollars my way to say that you're enjoying what I'm doing and to help me keep doing it. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much to Marlin for agreeing to be interviewed. I'll be back again next Wednesday with another interview from another excellent ukulele player. And until next time, I love you all, and I wish you the best.